Hi everyone and welcome to the Tangent Speaker Series where we'll be talking about the notion of talent scarcity and how have companies in different industries re-strategized their hiring processes by prioritizing the importance of personality fit and on-the-job training to create a positive workplace environment where diversity is celebrated and it fosters smooth op- business operations and harness innovation and creativity. Tangent is really about rethinking hiring. How can we bring the best talent and the right fit for the companies that we run? We're talking to Mr. Kenneth Khan, Managing Partner and Chief of Staff at Diamond Asia Capital. Diamond Asia is an Asia-focused alternative investment management firm based in Singapore and is considered to be one of the largest hedge funds in Singapore and Asia. Having said that, our focus today isn't just about the company, but really about Kenneth's points of views and perspective of what hiring is and how we can stay ahead of the game by simply rethinking hiring. Hey Kenneth, welcome to the Tension Podcast. Hey Martin, thanks for inviting me. Just to get us started, can you introduce to us who is Diamond Asia Capital? Sure. So Diamond Asia is a Singapore-founded investment manager. We were founded in 2008. We call ourselves an Asian-focused alternative investment manager where our uh, portfolios tend to focus on Asian-based strategies and assets. In your investment world, talent sometimes seems to come easy. It's a a world where people clamor to want to join. Has that changed over the last 10 years, in your opinion, in terms of being able to find the right talent, recruit the right talent? I think it's changed a lot um, over the last 10 years. If you remember... Diamond Asia started our Tangent Associates program back in 2018 when we had to hire differently to find talent that was not part of the main pool of uh, candidates that we would get, right? At that point, we already saw that the market was changing. So we wanted to find candidates from outside of the finance industry because we wanted more diversity of thought. And I think in the last three years, the industry has changed quite a bit, right? We have seen multinational companies like Tesla, Accenture, LinkedIn, and even here in Singapore, DBS, hire differently. These companies tend to get their candidates to do assessments or play games before actually looking at their CVs. And I think the government sector has also evolved a little bit. When you look at WSG, they also try to conduct assessments and you know encourage employers not to focus so much on CVs from the start. So hiring has changed, I think, over the last three years. But I think it's going to have to evolve even further. In the past, we used to hire candidates based on what school they came from, what they majored in. Mm. But if you look at our environment today, just two examples. One would be the digital blockchain industry, right? Where they don't teach you how to come up with a blockchain in university. They don't teach you about NFTs, decentralized finance, or how to trade cryptocurrencies because this topic is just too new. You cannot find qualified lecturers to teach this topic at this point in time. Another area that is also new is the area of sustainability, ESG. 
it's such a new topic that you will never be able to find courses in every single university or polytechnic in the world. So we have to end up looking for candidates who can figure it out on their own. If you remember how when you first started to work back, you know, when you graduated, how much of what you actually studied in university did you actually apply mm. in at work, right? I think today, the, uh, the percentage of knowledge you apply straight from school is probably even less. But, you know, what we as employers need to look out for are people who have the soft skills that are able to learn and figure things out. So obviously, you would need a little bit of cognitive rigidity to be able to uh, know how to solve puzzles, right? How, how to get from point A to point E. And then at the same time, you also need a lot of curiosity, resilience, hard work to figure things out. Just to give you an example, in in the decentralized world, there's no such thing as office hours, right? The market evolves seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So for someone who is in this industry or in the industry of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, digital assets, whatever you would like to call it, chances are to be successful, this person will have to work very, very hard. So you no longer have uh, working US hours or Europe hours or Japan hours. Correct, right? There's no such thing as 9 to 5, 8.30 to 5.30. It's round the clock, Saturdays and Sundays, and maybe a little bit of shift work between teammates. But topics like that, they're so new that we need to find people that can somehow figure it out to be able to be successful in these new industries, right? And now there's going to be metaverse. And I'm sure in a year or two, there'll be other industries that are completely new. And yeah, schools will not be able to keep up with this. So we as employers need to find people with the right soft skills to be able to help the company succeed. The beauty about recording podcasts like this is that it lives forever online. So if someone is listening in, the year now we're recording is 2021, this uh, November. If you're listening in, say, five years from now, the kind of conversation we are having at the onset of decentralized finance and crypto, maybe in five years' time, as, as they are listening to this, may be just a norm. Um, and, as, and as they listen back, they say, oh, that sounds so foreign. It's like a very normal thing in our day-to-day life now. And that's how fast the world is changing. Yeah, I think in five years' time, we won't be doing a podcast like this, right? We'll be probably in the metaverse and you will have your own little emoji, I'll have mine, and, and we'll be talking and maybe wearing goggles and being able to like do this in different countries, but still feel like you know we're in the same room. Someone might be just at the beach. Exactly. When we think about changes, when we think about the changing landscape of your industry, it applies not just to finance. It really applies across board. It's not just banking and finance. It's applying to education is changing. A lot of places are now seeing how they work change. A lot of the things that you are talking about, the softer skill side of things, one word that comes to my mind is how do we attract talent who are agile? You know, a certain level of agility, a certain level of resilience. Um, 
there are some of this information we can find from a traditional CV. We used to look at them. Do they jump from job to job? We infer and so on. What are some of the things that you think that inherently within resumes that is limiting from your opinion? Well, if you look at resumes, you can see where that person has worked at before. You can see where the person studied. But what you it's very two-dimensional. You can't see the three-dimensional aspect, right? How that person lived his or her life during that period. But if you do a face-to-face conversation and ask the right questions, you will be able to piece that together. Mm. And I think that will be a lot more accurate and powerful for the hiring manager. You know, back in 2018, when we interviewed candidates for our tangent program, we started off asking them to tell us their life story, tell us what sort of challenges they faced during their uh, younger days, their successes, their failures. And I think from these answers, you can see whether this person might have those soft skills that you're looking for or not which you can't see in 2D, right? On a piece of paper or, or in a Word document. So the, the reality is that when we think about rethinking hiring, it's not about doing away with CVs because resumes do have inherently within them very important information. It's to really see it as part of the process because you will require interviews and you will require psychometric assessments to actually identify the softer skills side of things, the personality traits side of things. The challenge in hiring today is that we tend to use resumes as our shortlisting process. I remember when I was in SMU and I was, I was hiring people, we had... For admin finance manager role in my institute, we had about 240 resumes that came in. And it was almost impossible to just go through every single resume and very thoroughly. And what I ended up doing was just to say, okay, you know, this person have a degree, this person don't have a degree. Let me keep the one with degree. And then within degree, what school they come from and so on. So all of a sudden, because of labor, because of time, we tend to use resumes as a proxy. But the information there is incomplete. Yeah. So in your experience, how can a company rethink that process? When I look at CVs that come through my inbox, I actually spend very little time looking at it. I think the way companies should go about hiring, especially roles in the more junior levels, would be you know, to cast a wider net. Just get candidates to do a quiz, play a game, do an assessment. Uh, From there, you know, if you look at the results of the findings of, of, of these assessments, then you can place these candidates in the required departments, right? Because I think the soft skills required for someone in the finance department or accounting department would be very different from the soft skills required in the marketing department or the strategy department. And there's no right or wrong, right? Mm. Different personalities fit different departments in a company. Some people enjoy talking to other people, selling. Some people enjoy crunching numbers. That you know, It's just what you enjoy as your career, right? Mm. So I think if we are able to use psychometric assessments to do this filtering, I, it will save a lot more time for not just the employer, but also the employee. And I think the fit will be better. It's just just like 
using computer to do matchmaking, yeah. I think it's you know it's fairly similar as well, yeah. right? Using computers to help find a fit inside the company. The, the same can be said of a talent that may fit company A but may not fit company B. The talent is a talent because beyond just within the company itself, whether a person is suited for the marketing department or the sales department or the accounting department, one of the things that we have learned in Tangent after working with almost 27 companies now is that there are different company culture, different company benchmark and different company way of life that allows the talent to thrive. Yes. An, an accountant in KPMG may not do very well as an accountant in the Auditor's General's office, for example, or it may not do very well in Virgin Active, for example. Yes. So in our way of wanting to find talent, we use things like psychometric assessments, interviews, like you say, using games and so on. Now, we know this and we know that it works. Why do companies find it difficult to implement this? I think you cannot on a stereotype and say all companies are not doing this. Um, as I said earlier in uh, in this podcast, I think a lot has changed in the last three years and there are more and more companies becoming very progressive and using the same method that I've described to hire differently. Of course, there are also the more traditional companies that prefer to stick to you know what they've been using for the last 20, 30 years because... Because it works for them. Either it works or there's a lot less effort, right? When you want to hire differently, it's very time-consuming. takes a lot of effort to also try to get buy-in from the hiring managers and from the rest of the firm. Most employers prefer to hire someone who can sit down and start work straight away. But if you hire differently, if you hire from a different sector or an industry, there will be at least six months to a year where you have to train that person up. And that means that the person who is managing this new recruit will have to spend a lot more extra effort in explaining how things work, best practices, helping him or her along the way. So most people don't like to get out of their comfort zone. And, you know, if it's not broken, then don't... Why def- fix it? Yeah, yeah, why fix it, right? So I, I think a lot of this would require companies who are still doing it the traditional way to, you know, just try, right? Just maybe not for the whole company, just take one department, try hiring differently and, and see if it works. What was the toughest part for you when you were... Uh testing out Tangent as a hiring, uh, as we rethought the way that Diamond was hiring, right? You have to work with internal stakeholders. That's n- never easy. Uh, you have to work with uh, line managers. You have to work with your partners. What were some of the challenges you faced? I think coming up with a training curriculum was quite challenging. Everyone has their day job. No one in the firm works as a trainer. So every department head had to come up with a training program. So thinking about the whole framework and getting the hiring managers to come up with a program, I think that takes time and it takes patience. So that part, I think you can't escape it. And I think that that part would be probably the part that stops companies from trying to do that, right? Because everyone is so busy 
especially now everyone's working from home. So how, how do you design a training program when mm. you can't even see that person face to face? So it gets a lot more inconvenient for hiring managers to have to teach apprentices you know, how to do things right. When you first discuss this with line managers, a common conversations we have with other companies is to say, like what you alluded to earlier, it's so much easier for me to hire someone plug and play. It's so much easier for me to hire someone who is with the right qualification, from the right school, that looks like me, that looks like us. What do you think was the biggest takeaway for you that, that when you look back now and say, I'm glad we did this tangent journey because the talent that we have now are indeed quite different. I'll tell you what is the disadvantage of hiring someone who is plug and play. This person would have former experience and he or she would like to do things the same way. And they probably come in to this new job with a set of expectations. It's more like, it's not what I can do for you, but what you, the company, can do for me. And, you know, two, three months down the road, if it doesn't suit the expectations or if they have to end up working 50% harder, they quit. Because I guess uh, there's, the job market is you know pretty hot at the moment. Um, so it's very easy to move from job to job, right? But if you give someone that chance, he or she will give you the 120%. He'll be more loyal. He wouldn't want to let you, the employer, down. And he or she wouldn't want to let himself or herself down as well. So, you know, in Diamond, we've seen many examples of our tangent associates working much, much longer hours than the average employee, you know, doing their own research, asking friends how to do certain processes or what that word even means, right? And we have, you know, over the last three years, seen how they've matured mm. and they've grown. One person has left us, but I, I take that as actually a good thing because to get hired as a tangent associate by another company, I think I take it as a compliment, right? Yeah. We've probably done something right. And, and this person managed to get a, a good job in a, another firm. So I think we've done well in what um, we set out to do. And I just hope that uh, other employers will be able to keep an open mind and try, try you know, giving other people a shot. If you look at some of the profiles we have, if we did not run a tangent program, I don't think some of these people would be working in finance right now. And it would have been our loss not to have been able to find them. I was about to ask you that because sometimes when we look at the traditional way of hiring and the current way of hiring, what we don't realize is not just we don't find the right talent, but rather we lose talent we didn't know that were there. And I think one of the key things of the tangent process is the ability to broaden the talent base so that more people have the ability to contribute, to be a part of it. But it also speaks a lot about the company. It speaks a lot about how Diamond sees hiring not as a transactional value, but rather a developmental value. So that when someone actually looks in and says, hey, you know, I, I really like this person from Diamond. I would never have seen someone with this kind of resumes, but 
wow, you know, after a year, two years, three years with Diamond, this guy is is really uh, doing really well. And I think that speaks really well of the company. Now, those are the good aspects of the process. What were some of the pain points? If I were to ask you to say, hey, you know, another company wants to, is very interested to try the tangent way, uh, rethink hiring as a whole, what are some of the pitfalls or the setbacks or the pain points that you have experienced? I mean, it's, it's not all rosy. It, it was difficult. It was hard work. What would be some of the pain points that you would share? Um, as I mentioned earlier, getting buy-in from internal staff takes effort. Everyone, I think it's human nature to be happy with a certain way things work. And if you try to shake the tree, inadvertently, some people won't like it. You know, they'll be going, why are you doing this when we're already so busy? We have no time to train. And I'd rather be, you know, working from eight to six without having any disturbance or having the need to train someone up, right? So, but I think this pain point that you asked me about is transitory. It's Mm -hmm. a one-time pain, right? And then after that, it's a lifelong gain. When the company gets used to it and sees the results, then there is natural buy-in. And, you know, two, three years down the road, these employees look at people who came through the tangent program, they don't judge anymore, right? Because now they're doing the job just as well as anyone else. So it gets a lot easier after that. It's just the initial first year or first two years that requires a lot of, I would say, buy-in and influence from the top. And then after that, it's, it's more smooth sailing. I like that. I like the way you frame the pain points because a lot of times we think pain points from a, oh, I'm going to go through this every single time. But there are some that actually smooths the way for subsequent things to happen. And I think the tension process is one of those. Uh, it makes it very difficult at the beginning uh, because you need to convince people. It's almost like a sales cycle. But once you get the first batch in and there's a proof of concept, it becomes easier over time. How do you think this will inspire other companies? If you had, if I were to ask you to say, you know, what was your, what would be your aspiration or what would your, your dream be? Uh, as someone who have now gone through the tangent process, you've seen the fruits of it. Not everyone in the industry is doing it, but we know that the more people who do it, the more it broadens the talent base, the more people who otherwise would never be in finance now find themselves thriving in, in a finance world. What would be your aspiration for something like tangent? I think my aspiration would be for this to be the norm. As you know, there are more and more industries sprouting up from nowhere. The fight for talent is going to be harder and harder, right? And employers will have no choice but to try hiring differently, try hiring people from other industries. And I think... If employers are trained in trying to spot talent based on someone's soft skills, ability to learn, grit, hard work, um, being able to solve puzzles, because you know in the working world, in any department you work in, it's all about trying to solve a puzzle, right? Yeah. If you can find 
these traits in people, then I think it would actually be a lot easier for companies to be able to expand and grow. The the idea that talent abounds is true. Only if we have the mechanism to surface them, to find them, to nurture them, and to have the opportunity to recruit them. And these days, I find that it's more than just companies competing for talent. Sometimes we live, we now live in an environment where talent themselves say that, you know what, I can do this. And they become entrepreneurs. They go into cryptocurrency. They go into decentralized finance because a, a world that they are digital natives, for example. Um, and the more we have the ability to broaden the talent base, the more we can actually find the talent that we need. One of the ways that we describe what Diamond did uh, with attention is call it a bold experiment. You as a chief of staff, you uh, work both with the line managers, you work with the staff, you also work with your fellow partners in convincing them that this is the right way to go. So to end off the episode, I really want to go into something more practical. Our listeners may be people in the HR department or line managers or another chief of staff in another company and say, hey, I really want to get the company to rethink this because it's true, there's a lot of value in broadening talent base. As someone trying to lead this process, very practically, how do you convince your fellow partners to adopt something like Tangent? Secondly, how do you convince line managers to do this differently? We've talked a little bit about it, but just in a very practical way, how would you uh, talk to line managers? And then lastly, how do you actually bring the whole company on board in a very practical way? So let's start with fellow partners or bosses and then line managers and then we'll end off with the company as a whole, uh, the fellow staff. So if I was a HR manager, I think the first thing I would need to do is to speak up. Many a times, senior managers, CEOs, they're willing to listen, but no one is feeding them suggestions or information from, from below, right? From ground up. So point number one is to suggest that to the CEO or to the CEO that this could be new way of hiring that we should look at, right? And once you explain the steps to the CEO and you get his or her buy-in, then the HR manager will have to help the CEO convince everyone else. I think it's very challenging for a HR manager to be able to play that role, to be able to convince the whole company. It usually has to come from the top. Mm. So the HR manager needs to help the CEO with the whole process, you know, uh, set up town halls, give him talking points, examples, really convince the CEO such that uh, when he does his town hall, he is able to convince everyone else. Then after that, the HR manager can work the ground and speak to the different department heads and explain why it's worth giving this a shot. You know, may maybe by showing videos of interviews or, you know, just citing other companies as examples that they can follow. And then after that, uh, design a training program for you know people who come in. Usually at the junior ranks, uh, it's um, obviously quite 
impractical to be doing this at the CEO level, right? At the C-suite level. So most of these hiring practices would be done at the junior level, design training courses, and then after that, uh, just facilitate with the whole process. And after the first pilot program is done in that company, you know, give it a year, see the fruits of their labor. And after that, I think if results are good, it will just become part of the company's DNA and part of the culture and it will evolve and uh, you know have a life of its own and and you know you've done the difficult things and you just have to keep doing it again every time you come up with another tangent program you mentioned earlier and with this we will end this episode that one of the best ways to see whether something like tangent succeed or not is whether there is a need for it or not over time if this becomes less painful and where there's a lot more evidence that what you did describe actually works. It makes it a lot easier for the companies uh, to hire differently. It makes the industry a lot easier to hire differently. And maybe in a couple of years, we will start seeing hiring uh, recruitment ads that is really different, that you will look at different aspects of a talent uh, more than just what we look for it now. Yeah, I, I truly believe that if we have this conversation five years from now, the person will be asking you why are we even having this conversation because every company is doing this, right? I think this is going to be the new normal going forward. And I think we're a quarter way there or halfway there. So we just need to spread the message and educate other companies on how this could be done if they would like to try it out. And uh, I think, yeah, it, it will become the new normal. And this is the new normal that we are excited about. We have with us Mr. Kenneth Khan, Managing Director and Chief of Staff at Diamond Asia Capital. Um, you are listening to the Tangent Podcast. Tangent is a social movement, really encouraging companies to rethink hiring, to broaden the talent base in Singapore so that more people can thrive. And for more episodes, search for Tangent in your favorite podcast app. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>